if you're listening online, we're glad you joined us there. Um, you, you, you are joining us in our fifth and final week of this message series that we've called Stand, and I hope that this sermon series has um, been an encouragement for you like it's been for me, because here's a great thing that most people don't under, understand is that people like me who are pastors and preach, um, we get this stuff first, you know, and it speaks to us first, and so, um, so my hope the, this morning is, is that um, as we wrap this up is that we can truly feel confident in the fact that we can stand firm that we can stand firm in, in, what, in what God has for us. And um, so if you have your Bibles with you today, we're going to be in Daniel chapter 3, and I'm calling this message Standing Firm. And the reality is right now, a lot of, a lot of you, whether you're here in person or online, and unfortunately, you're going through a very difficult time, okay? And let's, so let's be honest, you, you're, either go, you're either coming out of a hard time or you're in the middle of a hard time or you're going into a hard time. Because listen, hard times are coming, the fire's coming, and, um, and a lot of us as Christians, we just, we just want to believe that we should, we should never really suffer. But Jesus himself said, said this in John 16, 33. He said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. And I don't know what it might be for you, but Right now, I know for a lot of people that I've talked to or just know, um, you're battling, a f- battling one fire or another, right? It could be a financial fire. It could be a health-related fire. It could be a relational situation. It could be that jo- your job is unstable. It could be whatever it may be. And, and you're just sitting there wondering, why won't it ever get any better? You're doing everything you know to do. You're doing everything right, yet... You're still struggling. So what do you do in those moments? What do you do when you're in the middle of the fire? Okay. And well, what I want to do is just read you this verse of Scripture that will help establish our direction for today. And before we get into Daniel chapter 3, and I pray that this verse speaks to you, and then I'll introduce our story in Daniel. But 1 Peter 1.7 says this, These trials, whatever they are, whatever you're going through, these trials will show your faith is genuine. As you endure, endure these trials, they will show you the quality and the depth of your faith, right? And so it goes, says this, it is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will, it will bring much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ Reveal, is revealed to the whole world. So Peter, here's Peter, what Peter's saying right here. What Peter's saying is, these trials will reveal your faith. It will show your faith genuine. In fact, and if you're taking notes, you can write this down. You can, we'll think about it as, this way. A faith that is tested. A faith that is tested is a faith that can be trusted. A faith that is tested is a faith that can be trusted. And today we're going to look at a faith that is tested. In the lives of three teenage boys. They're probably around the ages of 14 or 15. And these guys are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Okay? And if you were here earlier, in the early weeks of this, we, we talked about, we're going back and we're talking about King Nebuchadnezzar for a minute. 
He was this really evil guy, if you remember, right? He sacked, he sacked, he sacked Jerusalem. He destroyed everything. He tore down the temple, and he changed these guys' names because they were all referred to the God worship of their one true God. And he's like, you know, but these guys, the Babylonians, you know, worshipped many gods and even worshipped the king. And so he destroyed all of that just as just to be mean. And at one point, he decided to make a giant statue for himself. Like some guys talked him into making a giant statue, and. And he told everyone in the kingdom, you need to bow down and worship this gold statue, which was 90 feet tall. That's 30 yards straight up in the air and 9 feet wide. It's a really tall statue. And, and he says to every government leader, every advisor, every judge, every magistrate to come to the dedication. And in Daniel chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, the herald shouts out this. This is what Harold says. He says, when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, and the pipes, and all other musical instruments, see, this is the way he tells them, bow down to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Bow to the ground and worship this statue. But that comes into a problem with our three friends, right? If you remember, they're friends of Daniel, and they're known, okay, they've pre-decided, hey, listen, we're going to worship the one true God, right? So here's that, here's that being played out again. And this is what verse 6 says. Anyone who refuses to obey will what? Immediately be thrown into the blazing furnace. So anyone who does not obey will be thrown into the blazing furnace. And then we have verses 12 through 15. You're going to see that everyone is bowing low. Like everyone's doing what they're supposed to do, what the king asked them to do. Okay, so everyone's bowing low except for our three teenage boys and who continued to stand firm even when there was a trial that could cause them to be thrown in the fire. And here's why. Because the faith that is tested is a faith that can be trusted. So listen to this. But there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon. They pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the god, the gold statue you have set up. And then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. And can you imagine like being 14, 15-year-olds being called in front of the king? I can remember being called in front of the principal's office, being terrified. But When they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true? Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? You refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I have set up. And this is what he says in verse 15 here. I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what God, this next part is, is, is crazy to me, and what God will be able to rescue you from my power. That's a pretty, pretty stout statement there, isn't it? This to me is one of the greatest stories of faith that we're about to read in, in, in the book of Daniel. And to be honest, really, the all 66 books. But So here's a quick moment of, of honesty. How many of you guys would say that you've had a really bad day in the last little bit? Can anybody say you've had a really bad day? I've had a really bad day. Friday night, I got stranded on the lake. Our boat broke down. It was bad. Okay, thought we were going to be there forever. Okay, we had it broke down at 10.30. Somebody finally got to us at 5 o'clock in the morning. Okay, it was rough. Bad day. 
Like, you know, I don't know what you do on your bad days, but, you know, I like to take hot showers. But, you know, in this story, this is a really bad day. We have three teenage boys that are facing what looks to be a pretty bad day. And there are some qualities that occur within our faith and within their faith. Faith, when we are facing seasons of trials, and for today's purpose, fire. When we're facing, when we have fire in our lives, a trial. And I really believe in my heart that if, you're, if you'll listen to me for the next just few minutes, not very long, just the next few minutes, um, the part, like you will hear, listen to, like when you listen to this message, I believe that God is going to speak to us specifically as to why would God allow us to experience some of the challenges that we experience. So here's three qualities of our faith that we're going to talk about today as we're navigating through the fire here. And so if you're taking notes, number one is this, faith obeys God instead of following man. Faith obeys God instead of following man. So everyone's bowing, the three boys are standing, and the scripture says this in verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, I love this, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. Like how cocky is that? 14 years old, staring staring down a king in an imminent death, saying, you know what, king, we don't even have to give you an answer because this is not between us and you. This is between us and God. Faith obeys God instead of following man. They didn't have to pray about it. They didn't have to think about it. Isn't that kind of like a, a cop-out sometimes for us who are believers? Like somebody asks us to do something, and it's clearly like we need to do it because that's what God's called us to do. And we're like, well, I'll pray about it. Kind of crazy to me. No, like you're already called to do that. You're already called to serve, so just go serve. They didn't have to think about it. They didn't have to uh, fast about it. They didn't have to take the dramatic circumstances of their life and post all the graphic details all over Facebook and ask for a consensus. What should I do? They had one predetermined plan, and, it, and that was obedience to God, period. That's it. We will be obedient to God no matter what. Because faith obeys God instead of man. And I think it would be easy to say that for them just to kind of rationalize, like for, even for us to rationalize this away or compromise a little bit. Like everyone's bowing down. They could like, I could just, I could, they could just say to each other, hey, all right, look, just bow down, pretend that you're worshiping this 90-foot statue. And in reality, we're singing in the back of our heads, you're my defense, you always have, you always will. We're not... We serve the one true God, but we'll just make it appear that we're worshiping this 90-foot statue. But in our hearts, we'll know that that's not what, that's not what we're doing because we believe in the one true God. Or they could have said, you know, just worship the idol, and then tomorrow I'll wake up with a lot of guilt, and I'll do what I've always done, and then and this may hit somebody and just ask God to forgive me. Have everybody ever done that? I'll just do it now, and then I'll ask for forgiveness later. All right. Or maybe it's, you know what? It's just rational thought. Like, this is just rational thought. If I don't bow, I'm dead. And if I'm dead, who is left to all these people that the Jehovah, that Jehovah is God, is the one true God. Therefore, maybe I should just compromise this one time. And, but they didn't do that. They had, there, was this predetermined out, there was this predetermined outcome. And that, and that was that they, what, what was going to, going to be is that we will honor and obey God we will not follow what everyone else is doing. And, 
And I promise, like, if you're a follower of Christ and you are truly trying to follow after God's call for your life, Satan, your spiritual enemy, will give you ample opportunity in this world, even today, to compromise what you know to be true. And what you know to be his, his purpose for you. But we will not listen and we will not go there because our faith focuses on an audience of one, and that is God. And on the other hand, I'm I want to tell you that there are, there are going to be seasons where God is going to call you to do things that good-meaning people are going to say, you're absolutely crazy. But faith in the fire, faith in the middle of hard times, what does it do? It obeys God. It doesn't listen to the comments of, of the consensus. We obey God and Him alone. So here's the second thing. Write this down is that faith obeys in spite of what it sees. Faith obeys in spite of what it sees. Daniel 3, and, and now verse 17, they, they speak to the king. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, that God, because remember, if you remember, he just said, what God is able to save you from my power, right? And so here's what he, they say. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able. The God whom we serve is able to save us, and he will. He will rescue us from the power of your majesty. And no matter what I see, I believe that not only is my God all-powerful, but the second part of that is that I believe that my God is willing to save me. Not only is he able to save me, but he's willing to save me. And there's this big difference between God just being able to do something in my life and God wanting to do something in my life. And no matter what the circumstances look like in your world, we believe that like for, like for some of you in the last month, you've maybe left the doctor's and office and was diagnosed with, diagnosed that with something that absolutely rocked your world. And so what do we do? A, we trust God. But the second thing is our faith, we, our faith has to rise to those situations. And you believe and I believe when in those circumstances that with everything in us, that my God is not only able to heal, but I believe that my God is willing to heal. Now, what he actually does, well, that's up to him. But he has called us to pray and believe prayers of faith. Or maybe for you, you're looking, for, you're looking at a dangerous low checking account, or like, what do you do? Or, or one, you sell that do or whatever that thing is, or whatever. You get a second job, get any job. And the third, third, you believe with everything in you that my God is willing and able to be my provider. It's it's what like it's what his name is. It's Jehovah Jireh. It's the it's the name that means he's my provider. You have maybe your relationship absolutely falling apart, and so what do you do? What do we do? What does faith do? Our faith has to grow and say, "I believe that my God is willing and able to restore." Like there is so much like there's so much doubt sometimes when we come into rooms like this and we gather together, and I think we are we're often lured into the thought that the things that we allow ourselves to think and the things that we allow ourselves to pray and the things that we allow, the things that we allow the circumstances around us to define. And God is not confined to the things that I see. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he is able to do exceedingly, exceedingly and abundantly more than I would ever dare to ask him for. 
So why would we doubt? Our faith says that God is with us. Our faith believes no matter what we say. What if God doesn't do what, what you are believing him for to do? Like, what do you do? What if you're believing God to heal someone and they die? What if you're believing God to bring your kids back into faith with Christ and they seem to be sucked farther into addiction and rebellion against God? What do you do then? Because that is where some of you are living right now. Now, Whether you're here in person or online, you're living in where it just seems like everything's like you've done everything possible. And what I want you to rise is the last thing down, okay? Faithful obedience is our responsibility. Faithful obedience is our responsibility, and the outcome is God's. This is so key. Say, living out what God has called us to do, the life he has purposed you to live, that is your job. And, what is, what, and, and that is where your job ends. What God does after that is where his job begins. So you do what you're supposed to do and let him finish what he says he will finish. Our job is just to be obedient, just to be faithful, and how he plays it out is entirely up to him. So Daniel 3.18, I love this part. Now remember these boys staring down the king. I believe, my, I believe my God is able. I believe my God is willing. And what does he say in verse 18? But even if he doesn't. Like I believe my God will save me. I believe my God wants to save me. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never we will never serve your gods and, or worship the gold statues you have set up. We will do what is right before God, and we will trust him with the outcome. And it's super easy for us to listen to the story and say, well, duh, of course they will. And it's because we know the outcome because we're thousands of years past this. We know, there were, we know they're going to be rescued, but, but we're several thousand years removed. And we've got three young boys that are facing a really hot oven about to become crispy critters, okay? They don't know what God is going to do, but their faith is unwavering because they know intimately that the goodness and the power and the heart of their God. And so in response to their insolence and their rebellion, what does the king do? For the first time, King Nebuchadnezzar makes the furnace be stoked seven times hotter than what it normally is. He orders the strong soldiers would, now pay attention to this, they would bind them at their hands. And they would throw them into the furnace. They're going to be killed. Tied up, threw in a fire, and killed. And the furnace was so hot, the Bible actually describes that as the soldiers were throwing the boys into the furnace, the soldiers died instantly. That's how hot it was. Remember, they're bound up, so the soldiers are grabbing. I can just imagine, you know, like, Grabbing them by their hand, by their ropes of their hand, that's and their hands and their feet, and just tossing them in. And and the furnace is hot, and the and the soldiers die instantly. Not in the furnace, just on the outside of it. And that because that's how hot it was. And and so seemingly these teenage boys were being thrown to their death because they didn't bow down to the altar or to the statue that the king had made in his likeness. And listen to what happens. But suddenly, suddenly. Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement. And what did he say? He exclaimed to his advisors, Didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did. And they replied, Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted. Look, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed 
and the fourth looks like a God. This is not the New Testament. This is not Acts. This is not Ephesians. This is Daniel. This is, this is as we mentioned last week at Christophany, the Son of Man, Jesus himself. Listen, God will show his power in all kinds of different ways through the course of your life, but you will know his presence, the tangible reality of the presence of Christ best when you're in the fire. Some of y'all need to hear this. Like, we threw three boys in. And how, now how many do we see? We see four men loose. You know, the scripture says that they were unharmed, they were unburned, and their robes weren't even burned. They didn't even smell like smoke. But there is actually something that I believe actually did burn off. Because it says they were unbound walking around. The Bible says they were loose. So when they were thrown in there, remember, they were bound. As they looked in, they saw four men unbound. The fire burned that which had bound them. Here's why that's prevalent. Because some of you are facing a fire right now, and you're begging God to get you out of the fire. And God's saying, no, you're in the fire so that the things that bind you up can burn off of you. Too often we pray for God to deliver us from the suffering that we're going through. You're begging God to end this season of challenge, to end this season of hurt, to end this season of trial. But could I just propose that perhaps even as we just saw in this story, that everything you want God to remove you, remove from you is the very mechanism God wants to use to set you free. Maybe it's 20 years of addictions and I'm facing the most excruciating pain in my life. Usually a trial of my life. And the people, and I'm hurting the people that I love the most. And the very thing that I begged God to remove from me was the very thing God used to liberate me. Or whatever your case may be. Don't minimize the presence of God when you stand firm in the trial. Because maybe it's that trial that you're going through that God's wanting to use to set you free. Because remember, we have this promise that God will use all things to work together for His good. So we conclude this story with this. And Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. when God shows up in your heart the world will look on and God will be glorified they will see you but they will glorify God they will say praise be to the God of Koi who was freed from this and never went back praise be to the God of Justin who stood by his wife when he didn't have to and God has made their marriage like better than new praise the God of Courtney of Kevin of all of us in this room because I've seen them in the midst of that trial, but it was like there was somebody else walking with them. And it was like they weren't even bound anymore. They weren't bound by hate. They weren't bound by frustration. They weren't bound by doubt. They weren't bound by 
bound by faithfulness. It was like they were walking with somebody else, like somebody else was carrying them along, and that what was bound to them was let loose. Then King Nebuchadnezzar says, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angels to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defiled the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except for their own god. So when your faith is tested, that is a faith, guys, that can be trusted. So we need to stand firm in the promises of God. Stand firm in our faith. Stand firm in the idea that God will never leave me is right by my side and though in spite in spite of everything that I see with my own eyes I'm going to trust him to know that I'm going to have that he's, he has an outcome more desirable than I could ever ask or imagine because remember we said it, we've said it from the beginning is you know this the idea that you know this world may suck for us but we know no matter what we go through in this life no matter what trial what fire we're thrown into that one day in his return, we know that the best is yet to come. But we've got to stand firm today. We've got to stand firm in the promises of God. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll, I love you. I'm here for you. Just obey me. Trust me. So if you guys want to bow your heads real quick, I just kind of want to just uh, end this series with, with this idea. You know, we've said several times that um, over this course of this thing that God has called us to stand. God's called us to stand for what is right and what was good at the right time for the right purpose for the right reasons. So our prayer, my prayer for you guys is that is that we just is that we just say, you know what? I'm not going to stand just for standing's sake. I'm not going to I'm not going to call someone out just to call someone out. I want I want me to I want me to stand. I want to stand for what is right at the right time for the right reason for the right purpose and that was for the redemption of those people who are around me. God, I just pray that that we just say, you know what? It's about people's redemption that we stand firm, that we stand strong, that we stand in, that we stand out. May it all be about leading people to your redemption. Guys, I want to thank you for this series and what it's meant for me and the idea that, you know, sometimes I can be a coward. Sometimes I can compromise. Sometimes I can shrink back. Sometimes I can go, okay, well, I'll just do it this time and God will forgive me. Guys, pray that you help me stand. When the wind blows my way, comes blows my direction, may I stand firm in you. Hebrew says you're an anchor for my soul. That's what we all need, God. That when the storms come our way, you're like an anchor that holds a ship still. God, be the anchor so that we can stand and show people your love. In your name I pray. Amen. 